Welcome, everybody, to the podcast Hearers of the Word, offered by Kieran O'Mahony. This is a reflection for the Feast of Christ the King, based on the Gospel of the Day, Matthew twenty-five thirty-one to 46 We think of ourselves as living in changing times, and of course, we do. A hundred years ago, things were equally dramatic. As a result of World War I, great empires had crumbled and crashed. The Romanov, Ottoman, Hohenzollern and Habsburg empires all disintegrated. The Bolsheviks had taken power in Russia, while Western Europe saw the rise of nationalism in the form of fascism and increasing secularization triggered by the tragedy of the war. Inflation, such as we could never imagine, took hold in Germany. There was more to come. The great crash of 1929 and the grim rise of anti-Semitism and all that followed. Such was the context for the new feast of Christ the King, established by Pope Pius XI in 1925, not quite a hundred years ago. The initiative was timely. It can still speak to us a hundred years later, as we face even greater upheaval and more urgent pressures. War, refugees and migration, climate change, anti-Semitism and the rise of populism. Even bastions of democracy, such as the USA, are no longer what they were. Pius XI wanted to remind people that in the midst of destruction, tragedy, radical instability and despair, there is an utterly stable point of reference and a very different set of values to guide us. The person of Jesus and the visionary values of the Sermon on the Mount. In the words of Pius XI, the faithful, moreover, by meditating upon these truths, will gain much strength and courage, enabling them to form their lives after the true Christian ideal. Originally, it was a purely Catholic feast, but now it is celebrated across the traditions. Christ the King is celebrated in the Church of Ireland, so in the Anglican Communion, but also in the Methodist, Presbyterian, Moravian, Nazarene, Reformed, and in the various united Protestant churches. Pius XI could never have imagined such an expansion, but does show that the feast of Christ the King, with special prayers and readings, has indeed touched people's lives. What does it mean to say Christ is King? The historical Jesus was obviously not a king. On the contrary, Jesus was a manual labourer, a sometimes popular itinerant preacher who proclaimed the kingdom of God and who, as a result, was put to death by the imperial power of the day, the Romans. To proclaim him as king is a paradox until we penetrate the deeper meaning. The paradox can be observed in today's Gospel reading, a kind of 
didactic tableau rather than a parable proper. Two approaches to life are contrasted. On the one hand, vulnerability, loving-kindness and service. On the other, indifference, hard-heartedness and naked self-interest. The positive ones, vulnerability, loving-kindness and service, are not simply the criteria for the last judgment, but are, at the same time, a thumbnail sketch of the Christian way. This starts with the figure of Jesus himself. He was indeed vulnerable, and in his vulnerability he showed us what God is like. He lived by loving-kindness, and his exercise of mercy demonstrated the kingdom of God, or better, God's reign. In his own words, he came not to be served, but to serve, taking us to the heart of what it means to be fully human, and even to be divine. For us, as readers of Matthew's Gospel, it is abundantly clear that Christ is king because he serves, and in a very strong paradox, because he serves us to the point of giving his life. In other words, his kingship is the diametrical opposite of worldly power, domination and autocracy, or the opposite of indifference, hard-heartedness and naked self-interest. This is already hinted at in Matthew's Gospel. Just a few chapters before, in chapter 20, we read the story of the sons of Zebedee. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked a favour of him. And he said to her, What do you want? And she said to him, Declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right and one at your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And they said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. The very same teaching is found in St. Paul, who revels in the paradox. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 he writes, For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness 
is stronger than human strength. In other words, at the heart of the Christian proclamation stands the belief that God, the mysterious, almighty sustainer of all, has chosen to express his power as loving service, concretely and materially in the love and service of Jesus, the manual labourer, the prophet from Nazareth, the Son of Man, the Son of God. Consistent with that vision, Christians then try to live lives of loving service, inverting the values of the world around us. In their album, Songs of Experience, U2 offers a set of anti-beatitudes beginning like this. Blessed are the arrogant, for theirs is the kingdom of their own company. Blessed are the liars, for the truth can be awkward. Our vision is quite different. Flourishing are the poor in spirit, those who know their need of God. The best expression of all this is found in a poem by R.S. Thomas called simply The Kingdom. It's a long way off, but inside it there are quite different things going on. Festivals at which the poor man is king and the consumptive is healed. Mirrors in which the blind look at themselves and love looks at them back. And industry is for mending the bent bones and the minds fractured by life. It's a long way off, but to get there takes no time and admission is free if you purge yourself of desire and present yourself with your need only and the simple offering of your faith, green as a leaf. That is exactly what we celebrate today. Thank you very much, everybody.